on for Triple Z FM. You're listening to Fashion by Dad. And here to introduce it ain't necessarily so, an opportunity for the Patriarch to pontificate in this week's episode of Ain't Necessarily So. I'm going to pontificate about Dennis Claude Ebbs, my paternal grandfather. The mega patriarch, the patriarch of the patriarchy. He was the younger brother of Eric Harvey Ebbs. Harvey was the middle family middle name, traditionally given to the eldest son. I should have been Geoffrey Harvey Ebbs, but I'm not. My mother didn't like the name Harvey, which was part of the reason for the enduring dislike of my father's family for my mother. The other th- problem was that she was a peasant and they were snobs. So Dennis, Dennis Claude, I've just posted his self-portrait. Dennis was a painter, very poor technical skills, but his self-portrait is probably an accurate view of himself. My oldest daughter took one look at it and said, um, why did he paint himself in hell? Anyway, those piercing blue eyes look terrified against a fiery red background. Uh, so uh, Dennis Claude was an engineer, worked for Metropolitan Water in Melbourne, MMW, and um, passion for water and engineering generally runs in the family. I won't bore you with the list of all of my male relatives and their relationship to engineering. As you might gather from the painting, Dennis Claude smoked a pipe, wore a jacket, and a tie, dressed for dinner. He had a gardening tie and a painting tie, separate ties for separate occasions. He would forego the jacket in very hot weather, but never the tie. I remember him as quite a stern fellow, very reserved, not aware that he travelled much, always said grace, always carved, despite joking that the cow should sit at the head of the table because she's the only one who can carve. (laughs) Had a port and pipe after dinner in the lounge. Yeah. The gentleman retired. He was a member of the Freemasons, uh, one of the big clubs in Melbourne. I never quite worked out if it was a Melbourne club. I think it probably was. And uh, an Anglican, very concerned about social position, as Anglicans are, rather than any ethics, morality or theology. Um, in fact, my father reports that the family struggled financially while he spent a significant amount of money joining those expensive clubs and buying expensive alcohol to entertain his rich white male colleagues. In fact, a letter from another great Protestant member of the Melbourne Club, ex-Prime Minister Robert Menzies, was read at his funeral. Very proud of that letter from the PM was Dennis Claude. Uh, Dennis Claude had five sons. Uh, Three of them were Catholic, two of them were Anglican. So he and his Welsh wife, Mafanwi, divided up the sons between them. Robert was a Catholic priest. Brian, my dad, was an Anglican, Bistrom and boys club leader. Russell was a Catholic brother. So it goes Catholic, Anglican, Catholic. Um, Anglican, um, but Russell broke his vows to marry a Protestant nun, which, of course, the youngest son, Michael, the Catholic, uh, said killed his mother. So they stopped speaking to each other. Michael apparently did other things. The sleeping quarters of the house were practically divided into two kingdoms, the Anglicans up one end and the Catholics up the other. Michael was much, much younger than the others. I think he was born after the house had been split in two. So I suspect a bit of rumpy-pumpy after a Christmas party one year when the uh, line was crossed. 
It's never been determined whether the Anglican ventured into the Catholic area or the other way around or whether said occasion occurred in the lounge room after too much port, after too much Christmas dinner. Uh, now, some of Dennis's paintings still exist. As I said, I've posted the self-portrait of the man onto the Fashion by Dad socials. Um, I did have the opportunity to collect his paintings and bring them home with me, but I resisted that. I thought they were a bit amateurish, uninspired and poorly executed, which is somewhat cruel and disrespectful of a grandson, nevertheless. Um, he was an alcoholic. No one knew, including his doctor, until he was in his late 70s. All he, he had all his doctor's appointments early in the morning so that he could wait until after the doctor's appointment before he had his first double shot of whiskey for the day. Uh, his liver failed in his 80s. He came and lived with my family until he died. Faded in front of our eyes. I remember him drooling a sort of dark green bile from the corner of his mouth as he nodded off at the dinner table. Uh, his formal manner went all the way through to his joke telling, which sort of demanded complete silence and attention and a very forced punchline, which made it almost impossible to laugh. And that style did rather spoil his son's comedic style. They were naturally funny fellows, but they worked far too hard at it. Uh, Russell probably was the exception to that rule. As a Catholic brother who'd broken his vows and married a Protestant nun, he had an obligatory large number of children. They stopped at five, actually, but anyway. Um, and he was much loved by all his family. Gentle, witty, informal fellow. But with speaking of Dennis, not his uh, sons, he did imbue his sons with a huge sense of civic duty has been passed on to me and my siblings. Uh, I never really spoke to him about his interests or what he read or anything, but I know all his boys love the great colonist English writers, Dickens, Kipling, Burton, and um, the middle-class Australian bard, Banjo Patterson, snowy river fame. Now, my capacity to quote Banjo Patterson nearly got me into a fight in a pub in inner-city Sydney, I mistakenly joined in a sort of drunken poetry shouting contest, quoting the opening lines of The Man from Snowy River and was just about handed out as a middle-class twit. That was a Lawson pub. And uh, there were people drinking in that pub who remembered the days of the pushers in Sydney, the... Uh, fights to the death in the streets of Surrey Hills and Paddington and Balmain and Surrey Hills and so on. Um, but I'd crossed the line. I was in a uh, Surrey Hills Lawson pub and apparently Banjo was only quoted in Paddington, which was already a middle-class suburb in the 20s, despite the fact they'd drunk so much to go to war with the neighbouring suburb. So uh, that was the sort of books the ancient Ebbs read. And um, I've still got books of my father's childhood on my shelves, which reflect that uh, very colonist view of the world. 
Uh, my father's attitudes to French novelists, they were lewd, and Russian novelists, they were idealistic, not worth reading too much politics and dreaminess. And, of course, you would only read the French in the shed on your own. Or you might pleasure yourself with a gardening tool, I imagine. Now, Dennis loved a good gadget. He was keen to teach me the use of the slide rule. I learned that very well. And ironically, I actually won a slide rule for inventing a very primitive electronic calculator as a youngster. So, there we go. Um, but he always wanted to teach me the theodolite and the sextant and other surveying instruments, but we never actually got out into the field. As close as we ever got over that kind of bonding experience was uh, getting water out of a micros- out of a fish pond, looking at it under a microscope. Um, I would have said it that he was no fun. Generally speaking, a petty bourgeois snob with a stick up his bum, full of himself, without much empathy for humanity. I was never particularly proud of him or interested in him when he was alive, but as I've aged and become cranky old Jeff, I've started to realise the magnitude of his influence on me. And interestingly, in the quest for his self-portrait, which you now, dear listener, can see on the Fashion by Dad socials, I spoke to my cousin, Catherine, a girl, who said... Um, what a gentle and lovely man he was. Always had time to sit and listen and had a aura of calmness. So it just goes to show, in the words of Cher, it ain't necessarily so. By Dad. By Dad. By Dad. By Dad. By Dad. 